Thanks for listening to Star Lores. If you like the show, please consider subscribing and giving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also help us make more great content by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com. We would also love to hear from you on social media. You can follow Star Lores on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoy the show, and may the Force be with you. You are listening to the Star Lores Podcast. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Why you stuck up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. and welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon uh, for our interim episodes, interseason episodes. Today we are going to be discussing fan films and fan, I guess, fan fiction in a way in the Star Wars galaxy. Um, for this episode, we're not necessarily going to rank them. We might give it a little bit of a rating or like the good and the bad, but uh, it's not our goal to necessarily stack them up against each other, but maybe just like highlight some of the the really talented artists and storytellers in the Star Wars community and show how big the Star Wars universe in that like anyone can kind of write or make a story that fits in with the broader Star Wars narrative. So the first one we'll talk about, was it Apprentice, Darth Maul Apprentice? Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, this is kind of like a Kung Fu Star Wars movie almost. Which is fun, obviously, with Darth Vader. That's a direct, or Darth Vader, Darth Maul. <laughs> the uh, Kung Fu movie is a direction that you can go. And Star Wars has a lot of sort of influences from Wuxia, I think is like the cinema term yeah. in China, like those old school Kung Fu movies from the 70s. Yeah. So it's cool to see that premise sort of paid off that we do in a, a more complete and more strictly like martial artist kind of way than we do in most Star Wars stories. Yeah, it did kind of have almost a crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of aesthetic to it. Um, yeah, they're, ha- he, they're having a big saber battle in this yeah. kind of pretty idyllic forest. Yeah. And the, the I thought that was a strength of the film too, is just their location. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it looked good. They didn't have to like green screen anything or not that much yeah. anyway. Well, also, and just... Great use of drone shots, you know, they had a lot of, you know, overhead shots and wide, like, uh, cinematography and stuff like that. Uh, They actually have a How It Was Made video, too. Okay. uh, I didn't watch that. Yeah, they had a decent size, like, production crew and, I mean, a budget relative to, like, what a fan movie would be. Yeah. Um, So it looks like they really knew what they were doing in terms of cinematography and equipment. They had the whole setup and everything. Um, I believe they were, uh, they're not American. No, um, I think they're like, uh, they're like a Nordic yeah. somewhere like Denmark I, or Denmark or Sweden Nor- Norway or, or something. Yeah. One of those countries, but yeah. Belgium or something. Yeah. It's kind of reminded, <laughs> sounded a little Belgian to me. I, I, I was saying, yeah, maybe I was thinking, yeah, maybe more Scandinavian, but the, 
uh, even their accents were all you yeah. could tell they, they, they had, I did appreciate that they did choose to film in English though. So yeah, understand. <laughs> yeah. not that dialogue was the uh, in basic important thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry, in basic. Yeah. Yeah. All Star Wars English? films are actually just in English. <laughs> What's that? Quoted I English. said, "What is English?" I've never heard of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, this is Terra, not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was like a good story, and you know, some of the CGI stuff was cool. Uh, but I think obviously this, the strength of this film was like the choreography and the fight scene. It really, it was really excellent. And I did notice at the at the end of the credits there was some kind of like martial arts school involved. So I'm guessing a lot of the actors were, were actually trained yeah. gymnasts and martial artists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it um, really shows in, yeah. in the work. Yeah. yeah, they definitely, Darth Maul does some pretty excellent backside kicks. I noticed yeah. they, and it was, they it was like pretty hard. It was like creative too, you know, it, it wasn't just stuff you've seen before, but yeah, it's cool. Um, the narrative of it is not like super deep or anything. No. It, it doesn't need to be either. Yeah. Not every, everyone needs to be some like epic Shakespearean tale. Uh, but one of the things I did appreciate about the narrative is that it could very easily slot into the movies, even using yeah. a main character like Darth Maul. Um, it doesn't do anything that like discredits the established fiction. Yeah. yeah. So like this should, story, should we talk about any of that? Like, uh, Darth Maul leading into episode one yep. type lore. Yeah. So for this one, this is like Darth Maul's mission to become a fully fledged Dark Lord of the Sith. And he has to kill a bunch of Jedi. And so presumably this is like the first attack, I guess. So this or is, at least a very early attack. Yeah. So this yeah. is around the time, like right before the movie, I would guess. Yeah. At some point prior to episode one. Which also is why, um, spoilers, if you haven't gone to watch it, we encourage everyone, just kind of a side note, everyone to watch some of these recommendations, give uh, a lot of those creators some uh, views and stuff on YouTube and everything. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, as, as I was saying, um, I don't know what I was saying. <laughs> Darth Maul's tattoos. Oh, yeah. Have I ever talked about his <laughs> tattoos and how it's like uh, Darth Sidious? put them into I think you brought it up once a, as a child Darsidious did a very painful tattoo procedure to Darth Maul and is not only the red but the black that's like both tattoos I think his I think he was naturally or is he red, naturally red, red. skin yeah. yeah I think the black are the tattoos okay so the yeah the black is the tattoo which is like most of his body yeah. and uh, Darsidious did that to him when he was a child so that's pretty gnarly and you actually see some there's an interesting shot in the performance of him having maybe a little moment of conflict that was very interesting and i don't want to spoil it too much because it's like one of the only big plot points of it but it's just a facial expression and they managed to sort of get across a story beat with just and it's darth maul who's got all this face paint on and so it's kind of a a big ask as an actor to convey that much when you've got that much loaf as they they call it on uh, the greatest generation podcast whenever you, you know you have an alien a bunch of stuff attached to your face yeah. it's like especially like loaf. star trek like yeah. cling on yeah. face maker yeah. Yeah. so the zabrak loaf is uh, pretty intense yeah yeah the, i i think the a really good thing about it was the costume design um it it felt very much like a star wars costume design you know and maul maul looked really good um i would say the the makeup was maybe a little 
more glossy than yeah. the original mall. It was definitely glossy. Yeah, it, it was like a little too bright and poppy, you know, whereas like I feel like the original mall was a little more subtle. Muted. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, maybe muted is a better word. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, I you know, I, I still applaud their, their depiction yeah. of mall. And it's it, close enough that like yeah, you don't, yeah. it doesn't pull you out and you're like, oh, that's not Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is also good. Yeah. Also another movie character that does appear as well as also looks pretty good and uh the voice acting for for him i don't know if we're totally spoiling or not uh, darth sidious yeah uh what about the voice acting i thought it was all right I, really it was oh. close enough to me that i know i knew who was talking well you knew who was talking but i i thought it was like bad i thought that was like my biggest gripe with the whole really? movie was i thought was, it just it just didn't sound like something yeah, sidious it, would say either but is that the is that a problem with the script or the it's delivery? <laughs> yeah, I, think it's I would both. say this the like a lot of the dialogue wasn't all that strong. It didn't really need to be for this film. It, but I I did I did find Sidious a little just the voice and maybe some of the lines a little off putting. Like, uh, you know, I I just found it hard. It, it felt very much the same way as when I was watching Solo trying to imagine like the actor for Han Solo yeah. as I just couldn't see it. You know, right. I couldn't see Han Solo. And s- similarly with like this depiction of Sidious, I just felt like I couldn't, I didn't feel like that was Sidious, but that I, I it's hard for me to even pinpoint exactly what it was, but a lot of it was the voice. It, I don't know, maybe sounded a little too forced. It, you know, I, I even, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. It was maybe almost like someone, Doing a caricature, yeah, of, yeah, of Sidious, yeah, exactly. Rather than trying to be Sidious, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we want to talk about another fan film that includes Sidious? Yeah, we can we can move on to that one. If uh, you well, want. Before we do, I just wanted to mention the YouTube channel um, is T Seven Pro for uh, Darth Maul Apprentice. Uh, you can watch it on YouTube. It really is worth a, a watch. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would. As a show, a second and a third. Yeah, <laughs> it's not long. It's seventeen minutes long, and um, it was released in twenty sixteen. So yeah. it's actually, I guess, in the mid range, I would say for Star Wars fan fan films. Yeah, and I will say, sorry, just as a quick aside, a lot of the films we're, we're reviewing are were made within the last five years. This isn't. This is not a comprehensive list of all the fan films. Uh, there's certainly more. However, it seems like they're in the maybe last five or six years there's been a huge shift in quality sur- well surge in in just the number numbers of fan films being made uh which is awesome i think yeah. that's really cool um but also yeah it, it's also easier to make films now than that it ever has been really yeah, clean and exactly yeah. yeah so i i think uh, that's part of it is just you know it, you don't have to buy a twenty thousand dollar camera anymore you know yeah. to do it um, and drones and all that. So yeah, yeah, all those are accessible equipment. Yeah. So, anyways, our next film. So it was Darth Vader: Shards of the Past. Is that yeah? That what it was? So this is another. It what made me sort of jump to this was bringing up that weird, sort of off performance of Darth Sidious, and I think in this one, he he's definitely got a better voice. I th- I thought Sidious. I'm not saying he was great, but I thought he was better that better. a better depiction of Sidious in this one than was yeah. In this was Apprentice. He Darth did Maul Apprentice. That actor did a yeoman's job. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Did the best he could. 
And the, those are big, big boots to, it's a big robe to yeah. fill. I guess he wears sandals. <laughs> a big robe to play, I, I play think, an entire Senate, yes. I think you're, I, and I also want to say, I think you're taking on a big task if you're trying to uh, recreate original characters. If you're yeah. not making your own characters, or if you're not making original characters, and you're recreating old established characters, that's like, that's a tall task to, to embark upon, you know? Yeah. Whereas if you're making your own, it's, it's, I think it's a little, a little more easy. flexibility. Yeah. yeah. That's another thing I was going to say is I think, uh, you are just like making your job so much yeah. harder yeah. as a fan film filmmaker by trying to cast original yeah. characters. Not that you shouldn't try just yeah. no. know that you are like facing. A, yeah. A wall of potential criticism. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Nice. So props to you for. If Although you there, pull there's it off. a really good one that I do want to talk about when we get to later. it later. Yeah. But we'll we'll talk about shards of memory for now. Shards of the past. Shards of the past. Yeah. So, um, Darcidius gets on Skype. He skypes <laughs> Darth Vader from his meditation chamber or his medical facility. It looks like, and we get this really haunting, disturbing shot of. You know, Anakin Skywalker, basically, this is Darth Vader, not in any of his prosthetics or his armor. And he's just like hanging and he's just this quadruple amputee burn victim with like... Yeah, yeah. This, that was actually a this sweet res- scene. This yeah. respirator yeah. around his neck. And, and then his boss essentially is like... Calling him. Yeah. Get up. Get, <laughs> get your suit on. You yeah. gotta come. I yeah, like, like the Vader outside of his suit. They did. They did like an excellent job. That was... A, a powerful shot. Yeah. I really appreciated that. Yeah, like that good. could come out of the main series. Yeah, and it, and he did actually look good. Part of it, what they did well was not showing it too long because I'm sure we would have would have noticed yeah. things. But they, sure, yeah. they showed it for just the right that you got some like sort of grisly flesh melt melding <laughs> into steel yeah. kind of shots, and that was good. So Darth Vader goes to Darth Sidious's chambers. Then now he's all in his armor. And um, Sidious is like, so what's on your mind, Han? <laughs> and then Darth Vader's like, nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> He's literally, he actually says the word, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> and Darth Sidious is Now like, you have to remember, though. You can't lie to me, Vader. I'm guessing. You're not fine. You're angry. The setting of this is like right after episode three. Or but, close to it. Yeah. It's not, you know, it close seems to be within a year. Fresh. Seems yeah. to be within a year or two of the clone turning into the Darth clone Vader. troopers yeah. are still around. At yeah, this time. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, that's something that I will give props to uh, the guys who made this, the filmmakers who made it, is that the I thought the clone troopers costumes were really good. Oh, yeah. yeah they, they were, were spot good. on. They didn't look like cheap. I no, liked all the costumes. I thought that this was really good costume design as well. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool as, a, as an exploration into a, like the psyche of Darth Vader. And again, like whenever, same thing, right? Going after like a big movie character like Vader yeah. is like a big task. So, yeah, they did a good job of like saying consistent. Like it was the, the whole story element was completely believable within the range of what these characters it's are just that one line. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> I feel like Darth Vader's never said the words "I'm, I'm fine." fine. <laughs> maybe he did as Anakin, though. That sounds like something Anakin would Anakin say. Anakin would have said that. <laughs> I'm fine, Mom. <laughs> I'm fine, Padme. Yeah, I mean, you could you could explain just it as dreaming about your inevitable death again. 
within the theme of it's sort of like he's still trying to exercise Anakin Skywalker and fully become Darth Vader yeah. in the story. That's that's sort of the angle they're going at, you know. So which is a very cool story. And you know, yeah, not to, yeah. I'm all, it's I'm a all co- for it's it. a conceptually it's very cool. And not to self promote or anything, but if you want to learn more about that, this particular time in Darth Vader's life, you can refer to our Darth Vader episode because we get into this and there's a lot of interesting fallout and character development for Vader around this period. And so yeah. that was also a great a great call by the filmmakers to make it here because there's, there's a lot of drama at that spot in Vader's life. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just a little bit for behind the scenes on this one. So this one was actually made by uh, Star Wars Theory, who is one of the biggest Star Wars YouTubers. He has a lot of content across a lot of different things. Um, this was a passion project of his. Uh, I was following kind of like the making of it side of it. I won't do this for all of them. I just don't know all, all the other like behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> sure. But in this one, it was really interesting because he talks about um, how much of like he put a lot of personal money behind this and yeah. he wanted to make it a bigger series. Yeah, yeah. And Disney actually got involved with this one and and essentially shut it down. <laughs> um, which is unfortunate because he, he wanted this to be like a bigger arc and everything. Yeah. And I don't know what the status of it is now. I remember there was a little bit of a back and forth. He was trying to persuade Disney to like, hey, let me just do this for fun. I will like sink my own money into it. I won't I won't uh, ask for any monetization of any kind to make zero dollars on it. And, uh, and, and this is partially off of memory, so I could be wrong on the details. But and essentially Disney still shut it down. Yeah, which, which is, is interesting. Very unfortunate. Yeah, and it's an and interesting. It, it like, it seems to be a pivot from Disney's former position because there's been lots of uh, fan films made. Yeah, you know, and even ones that have been monetized in different ways and stuff. Yeah. Not that they. You almost wonder if Disney maybe did it because it was so clear that he was banking on a lot of like established canon lore to make that that story, and maybe they were like. We wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You stole it from us. We, yeah, who, we were going to steal those who, ideas. Who knows like what the logic was behind? Yeah, it's very interesting and very weird in the sense of like Disney doesn't typically go after fan films and fan. Yeah, they didn't shut down Chad Vader, did they? No. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, which is the ultimate Disney or Star Wars fan, fan film, film? Which yeah. I don't know why we should just do a podcast about Chad Vader. <laughs> um, uh. That there was one thing I didn't like in this, and that was um, Palpatine's throne room. I felt like it would it it looked one it was way too small. <laughs> it felt like just a room, and you know, like yeah, a, with fancy lights. In it, it it almost looked like a stage or a, you know some kind of stage set, and it it didn't fit in with like I feel like the rest of the shots. You know, and uh, it it almost made Fal- Palpatine a little bit more insignificant. Like, why are you in? I know it's like a minute detail, but to me, it just kind of irked me. <laughs> I was like, this room just like is too packed and small. Yeah. Like he should be in a grand throne room, you yeah. know, like that. That's Something where he, that with like adornments and conveys and, his yeah, importance. Yeah, exactly. Where the, the throne room or whatever room he was in. I'll, I'll chime in with a bit of uh, excessive lore knowledge. <laughs> so, well, no. So it's hard to say. At this time, I think he might have still been doing his remodeling of the uh, the senatorial palace, essentially, that he turned into the imperial palace. But at a certain point, Darth Sidious Emperor Palpatine did sort of retreat to a specific throne room 
that was like his sanctum that if he wasn't on the death star he was at the throne room basically yeah for the entire reign although at this point i i'm not sure the renovations probably would have just been getting started so he might be in a weird crappy like <laughs> space motel eight room <laughs> it's hard to tell Maybe. sorry the office is being remodeled <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so there might be a good lore reason that you know just, that that actually good call star wars theory <laughs> That yeah. I could buy that theory, actually. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that, that was kind of like my only gripe was just the set that yeah, they used. The I do agree. Quality, it didn't yeah. look great. Though, yeah. It did. Own room. It, it didn't look like Bad Space room. Motel 8, though. Yeah. <laughs> I like that we get that bit of lore about uh, travel lodgings on Coruscant. <laughs> it's like the housing market is so bad there that even the emperor can't get a <laughs> decent get space oh, to yeah. live. <laughs> Even on his budget, he's even like, on his budget, he's yeah. like it's like the five hundred square of, feet of the yeah. galaxy. I was gonna say Vancouver, but fifty thousand credits a day or something. Yeah. Um, sh- should we move on to uh, Tie Fighter? Oh yes, yeah. Tie Fighter. Yeah. So Star Wars Tie Fighter is, um, it's an the uh, our only animated fan film on this list that we have today. Not to say that there aren't other great ones. But yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, and it's it's um. It's in a anim like Japanese anime style, you know, manga style animation, um, and it's just about uh, Tie Fighters fighting the Republic and destroying some ships. Very simple story. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like almost no story at all. It's quite it's quite light on the story. Although, I think whenever you drop dialogue out of a movie, there's yeah, for there, sure. there's sort of a lot. It gives you a lot of things that you can just read into it for fun. Yeah. So like some character development that I saw in it in light of the fact that we didn't get anything else was sort of the TIE fighters being people. And because yeah, the yeah. camera does this thing where it like goes straight through into cockpits and then the shot like reverses all the, all the way out of a cockpit and goes into like another ship and so the the camera angle does a lot of interesting things with like crossing bar- barriers and then there's another barrier that's crossed where it's sh- you can see the tie fighter pilots like it makes their their, arm- their armor and their helmet sort of transparent yeah and so you can actually see their faces their facial expressions and that kind of thing yeah. which you normally don't get right because that's sort of the big thing about being in the empire is you're, you're a faceless machine. You're yeah. just a yeah. cog in the machine, right? And it yeah, gives it sort these, of humanizes them. It humanizes them, but yet at the same time, it demonizes them because they're vicious, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ruthless. Yeah. The, the things they're saying to each other, they're like, leave no survivors. Yeah, yeah. Kill them all. It's like these guys. Yeah. They might be human, but uh, they it's don't not making me feel any better. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I, ha- worse. Yeah. I have to say, like, and, and I'm no connoisseur of anime, so maybe I don't, I, I'm not like super f- familiar, but I thought it just stylistically, it looked beautiful. It was like such a uh, beautiful rendition yeah. of, of uh, um, like art and. Uh, I, I actually I love the idea of doing an anime Star Wars. You know, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's like such a good idea. Somebody should. I was like do Disney it. should. Yeah, get Studio Ghibli to yeah. do Star Wars next. Um, I have it. It's not official, and I I would I'm hesitant to call them fan films, but yeah. um, I debated talking about. Well, I'm going to do it now, anyways. <laughs> 
Uh, there's a series of called Star Wars anime openings. So they okay. took the animations from Disney's. Uh, they do a bunch of shorts. I forget what they're I've called. Seen, Galaxy I've of seen Adventure these, shorts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and they stitch them together and put like traditional anime mm. like rock music and Japanese <laughs> characters that don't even I, I've heard they don't even mean anything or say anything <laughs> and they make it look like it's the opening of an anime for yeah, each, yeah. each movie and they look sweet the Galaxy Adventure shorts which are an actual Disney production yeah actually are pretty cool in terms of like I couldn't get action they, yeah they do cool I tried to watch them though and it, yeah. it was just like too obviously marketed at children for me sure that that, just, that element is definitely there it just like bumped me so hard that yeah I just, just couldn't get into it. it yeah but just a kind of side note of Star Wars anime but that anime opening is fantastic <laughs> yeah. it really does look like yeah. that is exactly how if, it if George look. Lucas was Japanese yeah that's how what would have happened yeah. yeah but it it was I I, I enjoyed it 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 felt it was like it kind of felt like there was no real plot to it other than yeah, just, just there to watch destroying the empire some, be the empire. Yeah. <laughs> no, I it, it was sweet. I love that. It but was the, a it was a romp, and I think yeah. the anime. I'm not like super into anime. I haven't watched much of it in the last like ten years. But when I was into it, I saw like Gundam Wing and Vision of Escaflowne and stuff. And anime does space battles like really well. I think. yeah yeah that's oh, just yeah. an easy thing to do. So yeah, for sure, that's like. If we could get two hours of that, I would be very excited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or or even like a series or like yeah. something, yeah. you know, TV show. And I was really impressed that it was just the one guy who did this animation. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It was is, like one guy who yeah, who did animated everything. this whole thing. Yeah. It looks amazing. At yeah. This, at the same time, like it's not very long, obviously. Because yeah, it's, it's like five guy, minutes, seven, I think. Yeah, seven minutes, 27 seconds. Well, that's with credits. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah probably so seven about, years about of five. his life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so like about five minutes of actual animation. Yeah, yeah. So it is a big ask for him. And on that note, the maker is Oda King 77077. <laughs> which well, uh, his, the, <laughs> makes sense. The, the credit of the guy's actual name is in there is at, it? at the end somewhere. But uh, okay. well, Oda King is just a YouTuber. YouTube. Yeah. And he has a real name. That <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure Oda King isn't his birth <laughs> <Oda> name. <laughs> um, because, of course, an allusion to otaku, I would assume. Yeah, the, I don't know. The term for the Japanese anime fanboy were Star Wars otakus. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing now. We're starting it here. <laughs> All right. Should we uh, move on to the next yeah. one here? Let's do it. Um, so TK436, a Stormtrooper story. What do you guys think of this one? Honestly, I think it's one of my favorite fan films we watched a lot of fan films leading up to this it's definitely in the top three for me personally i was actually just talking to sam about that i actually thought it was arguably my favorite as well yeah i feel conflicted about it because i think the story was the best out of yeah it has like the strongest plot almost any of them it has the best story but there are some visual things that just really did not look good to me at all I I th- I, I, no, really I, actually, I do agree with you. And Sam. like really detracted I, I, from its overall quality, I felt. But I'd the story to, was there. I'd almost have to watch again to see what because I thought I actually really enjoyed the visuals and I liked a lot of the cuts. There are cool visuals, but there are some points that are fairly weak that make it look definitely like a, a they they like reused a shot of uh, him like sort of running through the desert and blasting like five times it yeah. was like just the same, same shot, shot. They just, oh okay at like five different points and i was yeah. like oh come on guys fair enough yeah yeah to me it came off like 
it's also very stylistic in the way that it's shot. So it's yeah, sometimes yeah. it's hard to say like, was it a stylistic choice or was it limitations of being a fan? Yeah, film? I do feel like some of those limitations, like they were trying to to go for stuff and do sort of big, almost big budget, ambitious things, yeah, and then but you they can just tell. really didn't have the budget to do yeah, it to, to pull it off. And that's and I agree with that that is one of its weaknesses for sure. Is there are times it definitely feels like a looks like a fan film but then there are other times that it's like yeah especially it's the really glowing stormtrooper eyes i love that yeah movie. oh yeah so that, haunting. Uh, yeah that was i was so i was way into that because that also is a great payoff of a science fiction premise that i've always wondered about stormtroopers is like so obviously those aren't sunglasses those lenses <laughs> right they're, they're gonna have a heads-up display of some kind and we never get to see that in any star wars properties right you yeah. never get to see what's displayed on the inside of a stormtrooper's helmet. And you we do finally... see what's inside a clone trooper's helmet if you've ever played Republic Commando. Yeah, <laughs> that's the closest we ever come, right? Yeah, and I think this uh, this short film had the best payoff probably of any of the short films that we're talking about today, in my opinion. <laughs> I That is one of the parts too that I feel conflicted about. Oh, really? It's, it's really cool, but it makes the galaxy seem very small. And I, it's not really, it's not that I didn't, I, that's not what I thought. It's not that I hate it even. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I, maybe cause I'm jaded from that happening in other properties and then I just like, Oh, this again. Mm. And that could just be a me thing. I'm totally open to that. Yeah. Um, it does. It ha- like, if it was just a nobody, I think it would be equally, I don't know. It, to me, it just makes things seem small. But that, that again, I have that problem with a lot of different properties. So again, well, I, oh, I can't. I'm not sure. I know what you're. Well, it just seems like it just so happens that in this galaxy with yeah. a galactic scale warfare war going on, that the stormtrooper fights his oh, yeah, ex girlfriend yeah. in the rebels. That's yeah. So I, they both have, could have been anywhere fighting anybody any planet, in the galaxy, yes. right? I get. I guess so. I guess I my immediate thought. I guess I sort of thought about it, but I I was thinking from the angle. Well, like they're both obviously in the same sector of the galaxy, and each signed up with a chapter of one signed up with a chapter of the rebellion, and one went to the the lo- local garrison. Yeah, yeah. And then they both, you know, like it just leads to because now they have to pacify their own planet. Yeah, yeah. I I can see how I, but that's you reading into it. Right? Yeah, you're it, making yeah. that up. Fair enough, um, but it, not it does seem plausible. The home sure. planet, by the way, was Bakura, which I do right, like. Right. I do like that he called that out. Yeah, because uh, you just don't hear that. So, but it's not clear to me that they were on Bakura. Right at the now, end. if they were, then that's more easily explainable. Or he goes back to his home village to pacify that, and then yeah. he runs into her. That makes sense. So it could be explained. To me, it's just like like you said, they could both be anywhere in the galaxy, and they just happen to face off. Right there. You know? It's a short film, though. They're they're trying to I, I have know. like a readable plot yeah, point yeah. in yeah. a short film, right? And it, it does add that extra like heavy emotional heaviness, right? Like that that rebel could have been anyone. It could have been his father, his yeah. brother, someone he knew, grew up. Well, with. I I also just loved like the sort of moral questions it brought up, like 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 the one thing he asked is like, how could she have joined the rebellion? Like, doesn't she know what she's doing? You know, and and that's like. It's sort of interesting when you're going from one person's perspective, they feel like they're the most right. Yeah, the Empire of the Good Guys, yeah, they, obviously. Yeah, clearly. And the rebels are terrorists. Yeah. Even, even though it, show, it depicts him doing sort of evil things, he sort of justifies it, right? Yeah. And it, so it, on, it, on his Twitter, 
Uh, <laughs> he definitely is regularly contributing to the hashtag the empire did nothing wrong uh, hashtag you didn't on, see that on his heads up display it yeah showed right in the corner exactly yeah. but, but i kind of like that i i i thought that was like a cool conflict to bring up and and you know and, and he was sort of just bought into the imperial propaganda and you, yeah. you see that as well so i found the empire was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i do <laughs> I do. Um, I also really do like that it doesn't become a redemption story either. Yeah, it could have yeah, very easily gone yeah. that route. Like, oh, it was a tragedy. Suddenly, yeah. he changes his mind about everything and yeah. he realized he was wrong. It's like, nope. You know what's weird? Almost all of these fan films are tragedies. <laughs> <laughs> they all sort almost of almost like the narrative of Star Wars. Is, uh, yeah, I guess so. half of it is at least a tragedy. Yeah. Anakin is definitely a tragedy. Oh, yeah, I've been reading uh, prequels, Star Wars Legacy this week. Oh yeah, the tragedy of uh, Star. We'll get into it. Have you heard the tragedy of Darth Vader? Darth Vader's Vader's the wise. Tragedy. <laughs> and that's Legius the Wise. Okay, yeah. should we uh, move along? Any um, any other things you guys want yeah, to say about this one? I just want to say I do appreciate there's no main characters, there's no lightsabers. It's yeah, gritty, yeah. it's war. I think obviously it was probably heavily inspired by Rogue One. Yeah. Um, and I really like... This is also probably a bias in me. Is I, I like war movies, and this felt like a war movie. Yeah, yeah, that's what I liked about yeah, it too. And it yeah. felt like dark and heavy and like gritty, which yeah. I do, I do really like. There's like a lot of gray tones. Through yeah, and the, and just the the stories of regular people. Like I said, I like. Yeah, I don't know if I came across this quote or something along the lines of like, it's the small stories that make Star Wars feel big. Yeah, like yeah, you don't cross any main characters. It's just a rebel and just yeah. a stormtrooper, and that's yeah. their story. There's, uh, I, I think there needs to be so much more of that in Star Wars. I think yeah. that's why the not everyone needs to be a Jedi. Dark yeah. Horse did a, a run of comics called uh, was it Tales or Stories, where they're it's sort of like Infinities, where they're non-canon, just small stories. It might like be that. Tales, yeah. And uh, there, there's one by a, it's another famous comic book artist. His name is uh, Garth Ennis. And he does like zombie horror comics, and that's kind of his thing. And but he did a story that was just focused on stormtroopers that reminded was reminiscent of this. And when I was reading that comic, I was like, "Boy, I would really love to see this <laughs> this comic book as a short film." And then there's Boom. this movie. Yeah. So what's it called? Like TK four four two six. Um, it's called uh, yeah TK four three six. A stormtrooper story. Yeah, it's yeah, worth your th- time. But but conceptually, I wish Star Wars would do more of this, you know. Yeah. And but I and I like like the Mandalorian stuff too, spaghetti western, like just different genres. There's so much room within right? Star You could do Wars. Star Wars horror, you could yeah, do Star Wars totally. cyberpunk, you could do Yeah, Star Wars thriller would be yeah. sweet. <laughs> yeah. And they've done it in the novels, right? In the comic yeah. books. In the more... comic books, I was gonna there's also another graphic novel called uh Tales from Moss Eisley Cantina. Oh, okay. And it's just yeah. like it's like 120 pages of just what you're describing there, yeah. right? That's sort of the conceit of the story, is that these are all just a bunch of guys who are sitting around at yeah. Moss Eisley. And if you talk to any of these aliens yeah. in that bar, these are the stories that you get. And so there's like a horror story. Yeah. Yeah. You really crosses could, these different genres because you, you can do that. You could do so Star Wars is big enough to do that. Yeah. 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 Um, and just a little bit about the creators. It's Sam Tubia and Sam Goma Edwards on YouTube. And yeah, definitely worth your time to go check out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think in in terms of just like enjoyability, I probably enjoyed this one yeah. the most. But I, it doesn't mean it was necessarily the most crisp or well done. But it was everything has its. We flaws said we well. weren't going to rank them. 
<laughs> yeah. But you can say your personal favorite. But, but to yeah. rank them. I'm not ranking it. I'm saying <laughs> this one's like. I highly like enjoyed this one. Uh, for me, it's a tie between the TIE Fighter and Darth Maul Apprentice. And then this, <laughs> really? this one's somewhere like orbiting those two <laughs> bodies that are orbiting each other. <laughs> and it like sort of doesn't really know where to go either. I don't know where to put it. It's good, but some of the visuals just... They were me, enough to put you They're out. enough yeah. to... That I'm like, oh, this isn't like amazing, amazing. Yeah. All right. Should we move on to uh, Star Wars Destroyer? Yep. Yeah. Thoughts? I thought the cockpit shots in this were pretty good. I, yeah. I really like that storytelling mechanic that Star Wars uses again and again. The, yeah sort of based on world war ii dog fights and yeah. it just always works totally yeah yeah it, it and it's sort of easy for the actors to do they don't really have to do much they yeah. just have to sit, sit <laughs> yeah. but you know what at the same time like there you also have to convey everything through your face right you have yeah, no, uh, yeah you, your body's true. not in the yeah. shot so yeah. any emotion all that has to come out in your voice and your facial expressions yes yeah. So at the same time, it's a credit to them. As yeah. easy as it also looks, it's also if you're like, challenging in its own way. Yeah, if you're like an actor who wants to get something on your reel, this is a good shot to be <laughs> cast in. That's true. Yeah, <clears throat> and I did think now, I think like we when looking at especially dialogue and acting within Star Wars fan films, you're kind of grading on a curve, right? Like they're not going to be, you can't have the same standard that you would for, a big budget film um but i thought like these actors were probably more stronger actors that i've seen in in all these fan films and there was quite a bit of dialogue too this was like a very dialogue heavy uh fan film unlike a lot of other ones and it's i think it's really hard to do dialogue i think that's probably one of the biggest challenges when it comes to any kind of fan film like low budget fan film it's uh it's a it's a difficult thing to do a lot of dialogue. I thought <clears throat> the actual dog fighting too. Oh yeah, the, the X wings yeah. and the, the I thought I the CGI the was really good. Looked really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the fighting scene. I'd say that's one of its like big strengths. Like it's very ambitious in what it's trying to portray. Yeah, and uh, and they do they pull it off well enough that it's like yeah that looks yeah. you know again like you said this is not Hollywood big yeah, budget yeah. production but <laughs> yeah. like. For what it is, it looks pretty good. And yeah, they paid off a great visual premise too at the end. Yeah, there totally. of having the uh, Cloud City, the near miss of a yeah. star, <laughs> star destroyer flying into Cloud City. Yeah, I almost wish they would have made like more of that of yeah. like people fleeing in terror or something as this yeah. thing's bearing down on them. <laughs> but that was like a very cool haunting image. Yeah, yeah, I I kind of like like the little things they did. Like they referred to, like the fighters referred to the Imperials as imps, you know, yeah. like stuff like it feels that. like lived in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, so it was it was cool. Like it wasn't like. It, and to their credit in the uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron comic book series, they, the rogues definitely are always referring to the yeah. TIE fighters as imps. Yeah, yeah. The missed opportunity if they really wanted to go into the back catalog of Star Wars phraseology is they could have called them eyeballs. Because that's another thing that the, the rogues call, 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 okay. call TIE fighters is eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, totally. Makes sense on multiple levels. Exactly. <laughs> um, clever yeah, levels. It, it was like very, it was a very short one as well. Yeah, I think it's like six minutes. Or yeah, something. It, yeah, it almost felt a little too short. Like there wasn't really that, also not much to the story, you know. It was just, 
they tried to stop a, a Star Destroyer they destroyed from hitting Cloud City. <laughs> I wasn't even really sure how they did that. <laughs> yeah, I almost kind of missed it. Well, they like kind of destroyed the engine, then destroyed the bridge, and then it started just falling. And, you know, but the the destroyer intentionally aimed at Cloud City as a kamikaze mission, right? <laughs> so, so they had to like veer it off course. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a fun one, you know. But yeah, any anything else you guys want to say about that? Uh, just a bit about the maker. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's uh, Arya Mogadam. Mogadam. Arya Mogadam. Or Mogadam. <laughs> Mogadam. Yeah. Okay. And uh, this one came out three years ago, so it's actually like towards the newer end of things too. Yeah. So I don't know anything about the making of behind the scenes type stuff. If anyone on the slight chance is listening to this and is one of those makers and wants to reach out to us and maybe give us a little backstory about like inspiration and stuff, that'd be cool. But uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Uh, Dark Jedi, a Star Wars story. What'd you guys think about this one? <laughs> Good fight scene. Yeah. I thought there is a, a, a possibility that I always liked. I think something, one of the strengths of the show that we do, I think is our um, sort of ridiculous conversations about the nature of the force. <laughs> yeah. And this sort of did touch on that a little bit. And yeah. so I always, I always like, like it when they get into the actual crazy <laughs> metaphysics of how this magical energy field would work. And so there's something the guy says about, you know, you're, blinding yourself to the true nature of the force or something like that because it's a story about a fallen jedi right and so it's interesting to get a little bit of that perspective of okay so this guy's clearly not a sith right so that's interesting he doesn't have a red lightsaber either as we find out later and like he's clearly very attached to this lady and then there's this one moment where he sort of starts yelling at her and he gets kind of rageful and based on what they're saying it doesn't really seem called for and it almost seems like it could be bad writing but it could just be good writing (laughs) in a weird way (laughs) that it's just like he's like this because he's like in the thrall of the dark side right now and it's starting to change him into something more evil yeah yeah i think the strongest points about this um similarly to uh the darth maul shorts uh film was the choreography choreography and fight scene i think i thought they did a very good job and i thought it was pretty creative and i liked actually they tried to use the force a little more in in this fight scene. yeah i always appreciate when they were able to do that yeah it it was and they didn't i don't think they used it too much but they used it in sort of creative ways that seemed to be believable to me you know i like the visual choice of making the antagonist basically of the movie have a yellow bladed lightsaber because I feel like we don't really get a lot of mainline characters on screen ever in the Star Wars universe with yellow lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that just looked, it, I it blended it, good with this, the sort of autumnal um, forest that yeah. they were fighting in. It. I thought it was a strong visual choice to make it yellow. Yeah. Um, it looked almost orange to me. It could have been almost it's sort of, It's orange. It almost looks red. I'm looking at it right. It, yeah, you're it, right. It is kind of an orangey. It, it is more orangey though. But it's yeah. still got but that even, fall color. It's still an orange. Yeah. yeah, an orange is also a rare color. Yeah. Like you never see it on screen or anything. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah there, there's, 
and there was almost like a very I don't know parkour feeling to their to the way they were they they fought like a lot very low to the ground a lot of times you know which was just kind of cool um uh that was like the strong part I I didn't honestly care much for the story or the premise of it I thought it was just almost too easy um and then uh uh I didn't. Uh, I thought the. I really didn't like the costume design. That this. was my biggest. Gripe. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first thing I was gonna say. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that that was like my biggest. They gripe. look too modern. It looks. Yeah, I, I was saying. I was gonna say like. I guess, <laughs> you, you said I, they they did the the costume shopping at an outlet mall. I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I said I could have literally gone into an outlet mall and just like picked up everything that they yeah. were wearing. Okay. You know? I didn't know if it was just a me thing. I was being no, too no, critical. No, no, no. The only me. way you can know this is a Star Wars movie is because they have lightsabers. Yeah, right? exactly. There's nothing. Exactly. Else, and it really identifies it as yeah, Star yeah. being Star Wars. Yeah, if they did, if they just had like, like say sticks or something, you would just think you wouldn't know what it this was just is. some bad kung fu movie. Yeah, like with magic in it, right? <laughs> like that's what you'd think about it. So, it, yeah, there, there was nothing. Uh, and I also, I, I, I thought the the Kylo Ren ish saber that the guy had yeah, the was a little, yeah, crystal. it was a little tacky. Like. Now, <laughs> I agree with you that it was tacky, but I want to explore something about this. Okay, so are you possibly just so soured on <laughs> on anything Disney that you can't appreciate that it is kind of interesting that they explored that weird visual detail? That's a very different visual detail. Kylo Ren's cross hilt, right? That has yeah. the energy jets. It's like why is it? Why is it doing that? And we never get that. And they're sort of doing Disney's lifting for them. They're sort of exploring <laughs> why exactly it would be that that way. I, they uh, they talk about him getting some new crystal or something for it. And he oh, that's worked, true. Yeah, he yeah. hasn't worked the kinks out yet. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, that's right. So it's yeah, unstable. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of missed that part. So but. you see the cross hilt at the beginning, and it ju- it's just an actual yeah, cross yeah. hilt. Yeah, it's yeah. not the jets of plasma yeah. coming out. Yeah. And then towards the end, those bust off, and it turns yeah. into Kylo Ren's lightsaber, except it's orange. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not against the idea of a cross hilt, actually. I, I, I know there's a lot of backlash on it's that. It's just for- a cool premise to... To pay off in a science fiction way in this story yeah, is what I'm saying. I agree I'm with saying. how Sam is, is reading. Sure, this. Yeah. fair enough. I, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was like, I do it, think it's obviously, it, it's like it's grasping for anything to make it look like Star Wars because we bought our yeah, costumes yeah. at Outlet Mall. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's almost what I felt like. I don't know. It it was just kind of a weird. Uh, um, I don't know if it totally worked, but. Yeah, you know, to each their own. I do, I do honestly think that if they had the costuming of a mall apprentice, yeah, this yeah. would be like up yeah. there with some of the best. Yeah. Perhaps, I, yeah, maybe. I, uh, I don't know. I just didn't quite. I couldn't quite get into this one as much. So, this is more of a criticism of Star Wars fan films in general. Okay, lightsabers in the forest is a very I can see that this is a trope overdone <laughs> yeah, yeah, thing true. for Star Wars fan films just because it's, it's pretty obvious why though that's purely a practical thing yeah right? absolutely I, t- I totally understand that but that could be enough to just like on its face if you don't know anything else about it you just see oh another lightsaber battle in the forest next kind of attitude you um, know I, I know I know Christian thinks my black metal podcast this is a stupid idea <laughs> wait I'm gonna get there <laughs> okay. so in like the subculture of black metal in the early 80s, 90s, there was like a 
a lot of teenagers running around the forest, except they were running in like old ruins in Norway of like monasteries and castles with swords and stuff. It's like, where are you? The Scandinavian Star Wars fan <laughs> films. I know that these places are easily accessible if you go to Norway or something. Have the lightsaber tool and then go to where do yourself a favor. (laughs) YouTube, this isn't a Star Wars fan film. The music video for uh, Call of the Winter Moon. And just imagine instead of guys dressed up like Kiss, just guys dressed up like uh, Jedi and Jedi. (laughs) It's the same thing. It would have been great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, who did this one? Are you aware? It was uh, Arbin. Urban Amity. That's the YouTube channel. And they shopped at Urban Outfitters. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh, and it looks like they're out of Berlin. So uh, kind of cool. So they could have done it in a ruin somewhere in Germany. <laughs> but uh, Wow. wow it was uh, made by Lawrence Hideyoshi <clears throat> Rui. I don't, sorry if I'm butchering that pronunciation, but thanks for making the film. I did enjoy, I didn't enjoy it. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was definitely a good watch for sure. Yeah. And, I mean, like I said, lightsabers in the forest. Before being overdone, they still managed to do something with it. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't just lightsabers in the forest. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I yeah. should do a fan film just called Lightsabers in the Forest. <laughs> oh my God. It's poetic. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the, the kind of Trekkies type. That's the documentary we make <laughs> about the... people making. Okay, we got to hold on. We got to not talk about this because I got to get to work on it. Same. <laughs> okay, should we move on to uh, the next film? Yep. Okay, so <clears throat> next on the docket is Kenobi, a Star Wars fan film. What were your thoughts on this oh one? Oh boy! So <laughs> this one, I think, I think I'm the most polarized on. There's oh, really? a lot of good in it, and also yeah. a lot in it that I really didn't like. There's, well, let's, let's talk about the good first. Yeah, what, yeah what you liked. Yeah. But I just want to say, like, of all of them, I'm the. I think I'm the most internally conflicted on mm. how I feel about it. Interesting. Overall. Yeah. Okay. But uh, let, let's uh, let's go around the table first before I, because mine you got to kind of mix the good and the bad. So okay, I thought the actor for Kenobi, and the actor for uh, Lars Lars as well, Owen Lars. Yeah, they both. I thought they both did a really good. They job. knocked it out yeah. of the park. I thought I they I I I actually thought this was some of the strongest act, and that even the Imperials like I thought and the, and the Imperial those officer guys, those guys <laughs> were like. Like perfect, atypical. <laughs> he was doing ten out of ten <laughs> imperial press. Yeah, I'm like, like they should just literally hire him for the Mandalorian. Just <laughs> to be a to be officer. some officer. <laughs> Honestly, that guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like his whole look, his, his primo worm yeah. tongue in <laughs> <Yeah>. space <laughs> kind of attitude. Yeah, it was, it was like I, it was good, and yeah, like I felt like. Uh, it almost seemed like Obi Wan, the actor, was maybe a tad too young for this for the time that this was probably, but he did could just grow a really good beard. (laughs) They they should have put some like gray in his beard or something like that. But I digress. I, uh, other than that, I thought he actually did it. Like even the way he spoke, he kind of caught the, the Ewan McGregor, uh, you know, imitation that he had in his voice, which I thought was really good. I thought he almost even had, uh, like shades of what's the act, 
old Obi-Wan Kenobi's Alec Guinness. Yeah, Alec Guinness. yeah I almost yeah, thought yeah. some of his lines were delivered like more like Alec Guinness and some were delivered I more like you and McGregor. And I think it was the two to show him transitioning from one state to the and next. And that's like a yeah. And so, that's an awesome like yeah, acting yeah. <laughs> trick to yeah. do. Yeah, and uh also so this the guy who made this film made a Han Solo film previous short film which we're not covering. Um however, I if I'm not mistaken it's the same guy who acted for Han Solo who acted as Obi-Wan and he actually did like a surprisingly (laughs) good job at Han Solo. I was almost like he he did better than what's his face? Heidenreich or whatever that guy's name was that played Solo. Yeah. Uh, But like he got like the, the sort of way that, um, uh, Harrison Ford speaks like he just he was able to just get those subtleties in it that I I thought like the the actor in Solo didn't get and uh, I th- I was like and that movie was I thought a little bit weaker than this one but um, just this guy is like I feel like he has some good acting chops you know but uh, that anyways I digress it that's kind of what I felt was like the the strong points of the film in um, fairness to the actor for. Solo. I feel like he was probably given the direction of don't try to impersonate Harrison probably, Ford because yeah. you'll look stupid. Yeah, probably. by the director. Yeah, it could have been the case. Who like yeah. Um, but that's a mistake because I think that there are great impressionists yeah. like this guy who could do a great job. Yeah, of pulling it off. Yeah. Um. So I did like the premise of uh of this, and I kind of like the conflict that was introduced. There were a couple odd things with the story. Um, the the one being <clears throat> like, why did the sand people just attack Obi-Wan and leave him there? <laughs> For plot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like, it just seemed like... Very contrived. Yeah, it was yes. very... Exactly. It was very contrived. It was like, okay, <laughs> uh, they just left him there. And <laughs> like, did they take anything? He still had his lightsaber on him. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's another point is he was... He th- like threw away his light after an argument with Lars. He like throws away his lightsaber, and then uh, it like looks like he uh, through a silly argument with Lars. He's gonna give up <laughs> the ways of the Jedi. <laughs> I just thought that was. I like, guess I was wrong. Yeah. Owen hurt my feelings. <laughs> I, I just thought it was like. I really Luke I thought, can look after himself. Yeah. <laughs> I I I I was like that's not who Obi-Wan is. So I will I will argue. Okay. I do agree with you. I really wish we would have got a shot when uh Owen comes into Obi-Wan's cave of Obi-Wan drinking some blue milk shots yeah. <laughs> that we know he's very fond of. Um I do agree with you on like that being kind of out of character. There's two, I, I kind of stood on a fence on this. Is On the one hand, I wonder if they're trying to mimic The Last Jedi's yeah, like, kind of Luke Skywalker yeah. feeling of like, oh, cool, like we, we like that take on Luke. Let's try and yeah. find a way to make Obi-Wan have the same thing. And at the same time, like it's cool to see Obi-Wan maybe have some cracks where he doesn't act Jedi-like and he's even struggling internally. I, I wouldn't mind that, but I think the stakes need to be a little higher, higher than, than he just had an presented. argument with Sure, Lars. yes, absolutely. You, so you I, yeah, that's that's maybe what I would say is like, yeah. maybe I didn't like that they did that, Yeah, but there's potential there for sure. And even in the Luke case, I would, I'd say the same thing. There's yeah. potential there, but they executed it. Horribly. I mean, maybe they'll explore that in the new Kenobi series. That I wouldn't hold my breath. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> but when it comes, maybe they'll explore something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> what? I said if. <laughs> You're very skeptical of it. I'm skeptical of a lot of things. Well, we'll talk about it later, but anyways. Yeah. The, Back to this movie. Yeah. Um, I really like the Imperial officer. He could be a standalone villain. One totally. thing that irked me, it's just kind of a minor pet peeve, is his haircut. I wouldn't no, I would not take that as an, an, a military officer's haircut. I uh, well, I guess but it sort It pulled of, me out of it. I don't know. Really? I, maybe I'm being really picky. But to me to, it made I'm him, trying to think if I've seen It made him seem like more slimy. Sure, like, but then make him like some kind of, you know, government position more His so look is definitely completed by the the slimy hair yeah like stuffed I, under that imperial cap. character yeah, yeah i agree i agree he needs the greasy hair <laughs> to each their own i think they'll the empire is very respectful of other people's cultures right i'm sure that, <laughs> i'm sure he'd say that this is part i'm i'm a greaser yeah, <laughs> like to me <laughs> Yeah, to, to me, he's wear my hair this way. He's a lot like if you guys listen to our review of Splinter of the Mind's Eye, he's a lot like Grommel in that he's this imperial officer who's been stationed at this backwater planet on the outer rim that yeah. nobody cares about. And it's more of a punishment than it is a promotion, right? Yeah. So it's like, who cares if he lets himself go? Although we, sure. do, we do know by the logic of this particular story, though, that those imperials had just got there to tattoo. Well, the, yeah, but. Perhaps they were in the sector or something. Maybe. You know what I, yeah. I mean? I, that, Who knows? You, I may again, be you are telling the story <laughs> here. I like I like battling lore theories <laughs> against each other, though. <laughs> but it just seems to be real. I don't know. I didn't hate that. But sure, sure. And okay. like I said, it's a it's a minor point. Honestly. Sure. I do kind of agree with you, but I'm just not sure what the space dress code is. Yeah, for, you know what I mean. You haven't seen the Imperial Policy Manual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. If like culturally they look at hair as kind of the same thing that we do. Sure. Although in every other instance I've seen. Yeah. But I mean clone troopers get crazy at their hair too. So uh, that's, a, that's a debate for another time. Uh, was there something else you didn't like about this? Um, the fight at the end. I oh, it, it was, was weird. I thought it was weak. And even <laughs> the timing was all off with when Owen uh, pulled the gun. Like even as bad as stormtroopers yeah. are, there was like a, le- a good like three count and like none of them were shooting him yeah and they just really so they're to, to set it up there's like what six stormtroopers maybe enough with, enough to with blaster yeah. with blasters pointed at the lars family at some point owen gets antsy and shoots their officer and then they wait like a good five count before they, they shoot actually back. respond yeah um and so it's just really maybe that was just an out. editing goof that they just either way fix. though it's, just, it's still it, it makes the whole ending fight scene I think is the weakest weakest yeah, part it of it. Takes you out right away. And then you have like a couple farmers taking on like this is always going to be a problem with Star Wars. Is like the stormtroopers are just paper. But you know what's weird yeah. though is, is it all could have been solved by like just editing some stuff out and bringing in Obi Wan quicker. Sure. It would have it would have looked way better with a way shorter leg, yeah. a way shorter fight scene if it was just half the time. Yeah, yeah. There's also one minor gripe too I had was the fact that. Obi-Wan couldn't use his Jedi mind trick on the officer. Like, there's no real explanation. Unless he was hungover. <laughs> See, this is my story. That Nobody I'm could. Writing. He later could use it on, on the stormtrooper at the end. Hungover so, wore off. The, the, Sometimes when you're really hungover, you go for a like, jog I guess, or something. You get no, the blood but I guess, I guess we're, we're supposed to. Again, that's another assumption. Are we supposed to assume that officers are more mentally strong? Than I think that's right? what the implication was yeah. is that, like, it doesn't work on everybody. And that, yeah. that is a known fact. I think that's true. 
true. Yeah. It's a cop out when it works every time. It's like, yeah. oh, it just happens. I run into a lot of weak minded people. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's more a question of like, I think, okay, I think that's that, fair. That, yeah. You see Obi Wan do this multiple times, but this time it didn't work because yeah. he. Same thing with Qui Gon when he tries it on Watto, right? You yeah. kind of expect it to happen. And I think they even like get into it a little bit in like the Marvel Star Wars of the lore of like what makes a person more more or less susceptible to Jedi mind tricks. And like some of it is like if you're a subservient or you're like a people pleaser, like your personality yeah. essentially will also gives you like a psychological vulnerability to mind tricks. Yeah. So yeah. that's like some of the ways people get around mind tricks. I think the uh, psychology of Jedi mind tricks is really interesting. I don't know if anybody else does. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to use it. Could be a whole out. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Future episode. Um, uh, anything else you guys want to say about uh, uh, To their credit, huge task to try and take on characters. So yeah. like there's one like thing I said earlier, yeah. Palpatine, Darth Maul, yeah. or Vader who have masks and are like... That is like the the big redemption of like an imperfect film is the fact that those performances are so strong. Yeah. 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 And even just the balls to try and take yeah, it on, totally. right? Like Obi-Wan is a fan favorite. He doesn't have a mask to hide things you can't hide behind, yeah. you know, a bodysuit or anything. You need to really be... And I think, like you said earlier, like the Lars character even, he could straight up have come out of the movie. Totally, yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Owen and uh, yeah. Yeah. So to their to their credit for all their weaknesses, it's... Very ambitious. Yeah, I yeah I enjoyed it. It was it was good. Yeah. Um, cool. And that one was filmed by Jamie Costa, and I believe he was he acted as both Kenobi and Han Solo. It, he has two uh, Star Wars shorts. shorts. Yeah. Um, and check out check out his solo one too. It's it's actually like I don't think it's quite as good. Um, but it's 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 worth a watch. It's a def, it's a decent. Uh, uh, hack at trying to be be Han Solo, <laughs> which is, I think is very difficult to recreate Harrison Ford, yeah. any Harrison Ford character. And I believe that's also a newer movie, right? It came out short, like maybe last year. Or this year. Um, yep, uh, it came out not even a year ago. Yeah, like so Christmas time uh, last year. Yeah, so it's very new. Yeah, I remember yeah. a lot of the hype leading up to it when when they announced it. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah, he must have totally ridden that wave. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Everyone's waiting for the Kenobi show and yeah. he's like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. So, uh that's it for this episode, our review of Star Wars fan films. Thanks everyone for listening. Also, don't forget to check us out on social media. Send us a message, let us know what you think, if you've seen or heard any mistakes. Um please let us know. We'll do a correction episode in the future and um don't forget to support us on patreon www.patreon.com forward slash star lords anything else if you uh, really like this episode let us know and we'll uh review another batch of them and there's uh there's quite a few out there so we'd be happy to watch more star wars fan propaganda <laughs> or if you yourself have been yeah. videotaping yourself <laughs> doing lightsaber we, moves we do reviews for star wars kid as well <laughs> we'll also do reviews for that in the forks be with
Thanks for flying with us. We are interested to hear from you. You can reach us at starlorspodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts, comments, or corrections. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five-star rating, review, and subscribe. You can also help us out through our Patreon at the Star Lords Podcast. Find us on Instagram, the Star Lords Podcast, on Facebook at the Star Lords Podcast, on Twitter at the Star Lords Podcast, and on YouTube, Star Lords Podcast. We'll catch you next time.